Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. And uh, let me pray for us as we just, uh, just want to briefly share a couple of things with you. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you that, that you are in control. And I pray that the words of my mouth are here right, right now, God, will be from you from your heart, and I pray that you would um, even put a guard in front of my mouth to not speak that which is not from you. pray that you would come and let your word go forth and accomplish that which it set out to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Alrighty. So the, the, the title of, of the sermon, if, if you were last week at Randburg, I'm sorry, you can listen to it again. Maybe you have to hear this twice before it actually sinks in. So welcome to that message. It says entitled, Go, Send, or Disobey. Now, it's quite a, it's quite a heavy statement to begin with, um, but it's my last time I'm preaching here, so it's okay. Um, all right, so this is a, this is a quote from, from John Piper uh, in, the, in the context of discipleship, in the, t- in the context of taking the gospel to the whole world. In, in the context of missions, go, send, or disobey. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly through some of this stuff. You are all bright, young people, so you can stick with me. All right. The Great Commission. What does the Great Commission say? say the Matthew, Matthew 20, verse 18 to 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All right, so this is Jesus' last words to his disciple before he says, Okay, I'm coming back soon, which is not... In, 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 his, in his term, soon is not our soon. It's like our president is going now, now. It, it's, it's almost the same, just not, not entirely. Um, but um, on that, next week um, we'll have, it will be our, kind of our last service in Randburg as well. I'd love for you guys to be there um, if you can. But I kind of started thinking about this. Next week will be the last time that I'm preaching in Johannesburg before we leave. And I'm starting to think about, okay, but now this is going to be like a last sermon before we, I leave Johannesburg. What would I say? Um, kind of, I, I figured out that obviously your last words in a place, and you pick it up with Paul as well in his letters, um, the last things that you say, you kind of think about it, and it's normally quite important because you, we, we might not see each other for two years. Jesus didn't see his disciples physically ever after that. So whatever he was going to say to them was going to be quite important. Would you agree? The same with, with moments that you have alongside somebody's deathbed. Um, those moments is, is, is often, we, 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 can't, we, we count our words in that, in that context. All right. So this was Jesus' words just before he, before he ascended into heaven, giving them the great, the great commission to make disciples of all nations. Um, so why do, we, why, do we go to, why do we go to Delhi? Why do we go to Tanzania? Why do we, uh, so in, in Acts chapter 1, with, with the, with the, with the outpouring of the, just before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said to them, 
do not leave Jerusalem, uh, for not many days from now, you will be, you'll receive the, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that's where they were, in Judea, the province or the country where they are, in Samaria, which represented at the time cross-cultural or people that they wouldn't normally associate themselves with, and to the ends of the earth. So, and the, and the point there being, he said there, you will be my witnesses here, there, and to the ends of the earth. He didn't say you will be my witnesses here, there, or there. Meaning that the commission to the, to the church, not just us, the church globally, the, commi- the, the great commission is a commission to make disciples in Santon, in Johannesburg, in Gauteng, in South Africa, in Zimbabwe, and to the ends of the earth. Now, obviously, not all of us can be everywhere at the same time. But it's as, as the church, we need to embrace the fullness of the Great Commission, that it involves all of that. Now, at different times, different people's roles in the context of making disciples will be different. Okay, agreed? All right. The question just is, is are you engaged in that process? Now, my, for me, the first, my first year in Johannesburg, back in 2008, I did articles, first year of articles, did honors at the same time, um, auditing articles, did honors, had classes three times a, a, a week, um, and I just told the guys at church, listen guys, this is something that God has called me to do right now, um, and this is something that I need to do and I need to finish. So in that time, it was a thing of, I'll see you guys on Sundays, but Wednesdays I can't be in small group because I have classes six evenings a week from 6 to 10, and I'm just, I'm just going to die this year. And if I don't finish my studies, then I am delaying what God is calling me to do in the long run. So even though I wasn't actively engaged with making disciples right there and then, apart from, being, apart from how I engaged with my colleagues at work, um, I wasn't that active in church. So in that season, it was different, but it was still with the context in mind that this is what God is calling me to do because after this, God is going to release me to do other stuff, also in the context of making disciples. So, um, so don't, don't like get freaked out on saying you need to drop everything that you're busy doing and you need to be a full-time disciple maker. Obviously, there's some context specifically to you involved that you need to bear in mind. All right, the great command. We're talking about the great commission, then the great command. What's the great command? It says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the Lord? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, so we, the great commission to the church is to make disciples. The great commandment to the church is, is to love God, love people. So we live out the Great Commission in light of the Great Commandment. The way that we make disciples is by loving God first and loving people. If you remember anything from tonight, that is kind of that. Okay, is that we live out the Great Commission by fulfilling the Great Commandment. Amen? All right, so I'm going to um, take you through three C's can see I've been sitting in the office with Henny. Um, the great commandment lived out in the light of the great con- commission can connect us with three things. 
It connects us with Christ. Give me that one back. One up, one, two up. Here we go. Okay, Matthew 16, verse 15 to 16 says, He said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples about, okay, who, who do the people out there say that I am? He said, Some say you're a good teacher, some say you're a prophet, uh, some say Elijah. And then he turns to them and says, Okay, but who do you, who do you say that I am? And then they have this heart-to-heart conversation in this light. And Peter has this revelation that you are the Christ, Son of the living God. Okay, so in the context of loving God, we, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a dirt statement, but it, it needs to be said first and foremost that um, you, can't, you can't live out the, commi- the Great Commission unless you've become a disciple yourself first. Amen. Otherwise, you're making disciples of yourself, not disciples of Jesus. A disciple is a follower, a follower of someone, and we are making disciples of Jesus. Now, if you're not following Jesus yourself, obviously you can't make disciples of Jesus. Amen? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Okay, so it is, it is, it's important just to, to, to start there. And if you're not in a living relationship with Jesus, that's where you need to start. And if you've got questions about life, about faith, about God... That is where you start. Okay? Then the rest of this conversation only kicks in once you've, once you've wrestled this question through. Who do you say Jesus is? Okay? If you don't have the answer to that question, I want to encourage you to wrestle through that question. Because life is short and eternity is a very long time to get this one wrong. Okay? So if Jesus is who he says he is, that's got a lot of implications to a lot of people's lives, including every single one of us that is here. Okay, you got the point. Okay, connects us with Christ. And then, also living out the Great Commission in light of the Great Commandment, connects us with community, with the church. What is, how did Jesus teach his disciples how to pray? said, Our Father who is in heaven. By implication, he didn't, he didn't teach them, My Father who is in heaven. Not that he is not a personal one-on-one father. It's just that he's, he's deliberately connecting us with a concept of family, of community, that is not a one-man show. It doesn't work like that. It, it, God deliberately calls us into community. And if you're going to live out the Great Commission, you're really going to struggle to live out the Great Commission on your own. You're going to struggle to make disciples of other people if you are alone. Number one, you'll struggle to remain standing in your own faith, but as well as that you can't be everything to everyone. Sometimes I'm strong, sometimes Henny is strong, and sometimes I can be there, sometimes Henny can be there, or Dempers can be there, or, or whatever. It's just that much more effective, and we can be there, and we can build one another up. Anybody of you have tried ever to love one another on your own. How did it work out for you? Is it going right? <laughs> you and your three personalities. It's going great. Um, so throughout Scripture, it talks about that love one another, esteem one another higher than yourself, um, serve one another, one another, one another, one another. And you can't one another just by being alone. You can one. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, you can't one another. All right. Okay, point made. Okay, so, so it connects us with Christ. Okay, so in the context of making disciples, it's key to connect people to Jesus. That's, that is what discipleship is about. But it's also about connecting people to the body of Christ. Um, and some people get hurt in church and get offended in church and want to then rather stay away from church. And I get it, and sometimes we as leaders, we do stupid things, and we say stupid things, and we offend you, or we don't phone you back, or we don't reply to your email, and we say, sorry, it's not our intention, okay? And on behalf of other churches, maybe where you've been and you got hurt, where it's maybe been really bad circumstances, I want to apologize on behalf of the church. It's really not God's heart for why community is there, okay? Um, and with the hurt that you have gotten within the, in the church context, um, it is only Jesus that can heal that. And I pray that if you're looking at, at, at slotting into a church again, if you got hurt somewhere, that, that this will be a community where, where you don't get hurt, where you'll be nurtured, where you'll be loved, where we'll have accountability conversations, where we'll have straight talks, but that you will be in a safe, loving environment um, and where it's an open, open conversation where you can come chat to us as leaders um, etc. It's really our heart's intention. Sometimes we get it wrong in the execution. Um, so, so we need to connect people with Christ. We need to connect people with, with community, with a church. And then thirdly, um, it connects us with his cause. With why did Jesus come to the earth? To die for our sins and to reconcile us to him. Us meaning humankind. Us meaning people. All people. That is why Jesus came. Is to bridge the gap between the sin that we, that we are stuck in back into relationship with Him. Now all of us were lost at some stage. And because of what Jesus did, we can have now a relationship with Him. But if I had to do like a survey here, um, I'd probably get to somewhere in the 90% of people that came to Christ because of somebody else. Because of a grandmother that prayed for you, or a friend that invited you to church, or to a small group, or explained the gospel to you, or invited you to a bride, and was deliberate in reaching out to you in some way or another. If I had to do a survey like that, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that's, because that's the general kind of a, how God works. Um, there are here and there the exceptions where, where God like appears in the form of an angel or personally to people and saying, come now, like Jesus did with Paul, smacked him off his horse. Anybody fell off their horse lately? Um, um, and, and had that kind of a revelation. I remember being in India a couple of times that um, like many people come to salvation there because through an, through an angelic visitation or through dreams, Jesus starts revealing himself to people and they, they start following him. They don't know it's Jesus yet, but it's like that, man, that doctor in the white that has come to heal us, um, he did this. And then later on, somebody starts explaining to them that the, he's the doctor of the doctors. That was the dream, is that somebody had, their mother were healed and it was the doctor of the doctors that, that healed them. And they didn't kind of know. And somewhere along the line, somebody explained to them, it's, well, that's actually Jesus. 
Um, and he's not one of the millions of gods. He is the only God. All right, so connecting us with his cause. Okay, so why, why we go and send? Okay, Romans 10, verse 13 to 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Turn to somebody next to you and say that you've got beautiful feet. Have you ever heard of, um, of the saying, live, um, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words? Anybody heard that saying? That's not what that scripture says, right? Okay? That scripture says, you use words. Okay? You have to preach. <laughs> okay? But I understand where that saying comes from. It, it comes, uh, what I believe where that saying comes from is where the church has, has lived a, a double life, has lived a, 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 hypocr- a hypocritical life of preaching one thing but not living it. And, and people have swung the pendulum to the place of, hey, you need to live this out first, which I agree with. But somewhere along the line, you have to explain what the gospel actually means. Okay, so this is not one or the other, it's both. You preach the gospel by your actions, but you also use your words. Amen? Okay, so there's a lot that I wanted to say there, but let's, let's move on. Otherwise, um, I mit, might miss the deadline to go to Durban. All right, the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Call Henry saying that. And it's, and it's so true. It, it, it relates to the person in Bhutan, but it relates to the person sitting next to you at work, that's driving next to you in the traffic, that's putting your petrol in, that stays next to you, that stays across you, people that you interact with on a regular basis. It's true for each and every single one of us. We don't have to go to a different nation. We don't even have to drive anywhere for this thing to be applicable. It's only good news to our neighbor if it gets there in time. So we need to be deliberate in this. Okay, I'm almost done. All right. So almost there. Okay, next one. When he saw the crowds, this is Jesus, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Guys, I want to, uh, like, I'm honest, uh, like, honest from my heart. Okay? If you ask God to show you who needs the gospel around you, he will send the people. There's a reason why Jesus is saying that harvest is plentiful. It's, the problem is the laborers. I see that at UJ as well. We bust them in by the hundreds on a Sunday morning. And we don't have enough hands to actually keep them. And it's the same within your company. It's the same within where you stay. It's the same for Santon. It's the same for wherever we are. If we start being deliberate, like when I used to be in, in, in corporate, 
I would, in that week, if I go and I ask God, Lord, show, send me somebody that needs a divine encounter with you. Like 90% of the time it happens. That somewhere along the line there's a conversation that comes up where a person needs, needs encouragement, needs prayer, that kind of a thing. So it's about us being available and about us not allowing fear of man to get in the way. Okay, so the whole gospel. Where, okay, so that was the why. Why do, we, why do we send? Why do we go? And here's just the, the where. And then I'm going to close for us. I've actually already quoted the scripture, so it's, I've already shared this. So, okay, this is the, you can write it down. Acts 1 verse 4 to 8, where I was speaking about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, but one thing that I just want to highlight here to you, okay, this is the where. It's here, there, and everywhere. Okay, if you ever wondered whether you should go, Jesus already said go. You should be praying whether you, wish, you must stay. Okay, where must you not go? All right, you already said go. <laughs> okay, so um, just one thing here is that there's a, there's a key here of empowerment to be effective. And Jesus is saying here that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. So the power there, I, I often see it. But you, you can witness to people without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can also drill a hole in that hole, in that wall, with a screwdriver. But if somebody puts a drill in your hand, it's just going to be that much easier, that much more effective. Amen? Okay, so rely on the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you're not full of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then... Ask Jesus for the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that you earthly fathers, even though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay, so it starts by asking. Okay, so I'm not going to unpack that whole thing, but I just want to encourage you to, to not now venture out here and start doing the cowboy thing. And you go out here and you shoot anything that moves with the Bible. Okay, okay. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Pray. Spend time with Jesus. And as you spend time with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will lead you to where He wants you to go. And He will open the doors of conversations with people that He wants to unlock their hearts. Amen? All right. So in the context of, of Johannesburg, for us as a congregation, for Santon and Randburg, we are going to be our, our locality. Jesus is calling us to make disciples here. In Johannesburg, in South Africa, in our region, which includes Pretoria, Bloemfontein, Poch, Stanitz, and Sekuna. Um, so we are looking at, strategically, we're looking at our other shofar congregations, is what are the needs in our other shofar congregations to strengthen them, to help them to be more effective. Okay, So we not just want to go to overseas, but we're not looking after our already existing church plants. All right? So as a part of us sending teams abroad, we are also evaluating the local need within our region to be more effective at making disciples in our local context as well. So most likely, you will be going on a local weekend mission in preparation for your international mission. You will most likely be doing a local in our region or in Johannesburg kind of a mission as well in preparation to go there. Okay, so just just that as a that as a heads up. Oh, now I lost my my notes here. Sorry. Okay, so in closing, okay, so the Great Commission, connect, the Great Commission lived out in the in the context of the of the Great Commandment, 
connects us with Christ, with His community, and with His cause. That is the fullness of what we are supposed to be living out. It's not the one or the other or the other. And what is, what is, what is making disciples? If you want to know whether you are effective at making disciples, evaluate whether the people that you are discipling are making disciples. Okay. Because Jesus says, 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, I like the gift that I imparted to you in the, witness, in the presence of many witnesses. You entrust this to other faithful men who will in turn also be entrusted to, other, to others as well. That is what discipleship is. It's not just come here, here, here Sunnet, you, you disciple. Okay? It's I, follow me as I follow Christ. And a part of making disciples is to make disciple makers who make disciple makers. Amen. So I want to encourage you. I know that this might be a little bit challenging, but you need to pray um, about what is your involvement this year. Um, and, it, and it doesn't, it, and it doesn't, it's not limited to church. It's, it, it's definitely not limited to church. Okay? But church does and can play a catalyzing role in the, in the process. Okay? So pray about it. Say, so we, either, we either need to go, we, we all need to go. It's just about a matter of where. Okay? We all got to work, we all got to gym, we all got to, no, I don't go to gym. Um, you all do that kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> um, but go there also with the intent of making disciples or being, being open to, Lord, what do, what do you want to do here? And then also in other contexts, we're going to send. As a congregation, you guys, some of you are going to go on the missions and the others are going to be here and you're going to send them. And you're going to back them up with prayer and support and maybe even finances to go. It's a community thing. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer for us. Um, yeah. Lord Jesus, we... This is the one thing, God, where we realize that making disciples is, is often where the tire meets the road of where our faith starts getting hands and feet, an expression of and an extension of your love. And I pray that you would compel us by love to venture out there and take the risk to take the good news to people around us. For only you can save. For only you can wipe our sins away. And it's through the cross of Jesus Christ that we are reconciled to you and you've given us the, the message of reconciliation to take to the people around us. Let us not keep quiet about this. May your gospel in its fullness transform our whole lives so that we will go and take your whole gospel to the whole world by us as a whole church. Okay. So Lord Jesus, I want to just send every person here into this week to be with you. 
and from that place of being with you to go with you, to carry your presence into the workplace, to carry your presence into the homes, to carry your presence into every place and be open to be used by you. And for those that perhaps have got still questions about your existence, about why do certain things still happen like this or that, I pray, God, that you would meet them where they're at. And Lord, there's a broken world out there that needs you. And to a certain degree, we are all broken. I pray that you would come and make us whole and also to take that message of healing to the people out there that heals and restores and forgives. I pray that you would give, you will receive the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you received produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jobberg.